if I go to Red Lobster, or I go to Olive Garden or someplace like that, I, I, I can just fill up pretty much on their bread. Anybody else like that? Just so good. Um, or fresh homemade bread, you know, right out of the oven. Uh, so good. I, I even like, you know, the Pillsbury croissant in a can that you cook. That's good stuff, right? Yeah. I love that stuff. I don't get to eat that much bread anymore. It, it's not great. Uh, there's this thing called carbohydrates. I don't know. You, I, I wish they weren't invented. I'm not very happy about it. Um, so I don't get to eat that much. Um, you guys like bread? Anybody? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I love bread. What was I talking about? <laughs> yeah. No, what? Uh, it's going to tie in here in a minute, well, why I'm talking about that. But uh, we are starting a new series today called I Am, and this is going to make sense in a second here. But you see, seven times in the book of John, Jesus said, I am, and then he followed it with a phrase of some kind. And they're all pretty incredible statements made by Jesus, and, and they teach us a lot about Jesus himself and, and, and who he claimed to be. And, you know, just about being a follower of Jesus and what that looks like. And, and so over the next seven weeks, we're going to look at these claims. I am the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. I'm the gate for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And I am the, the true vine. Those are the seven statements. And, and I'm just looking forward to digging into each of those and, and uh, talking about it. Uh, each of these, in their own way, show us that, that through Jesus, God was present in this world. And he, he's speaking as God. It's just plain and clear. And, and these are big and bold statements and uh, it's about Jesus and who he claimed to be. And so they each have a different focus. If you break them down, uh, if we want bread that lasts forever, we're to come to Jesus to be fed. Uh, if we want light to find our way in the dark world, then Jesus is that light. If we want light to, um, if we want to find our way to God, then you come to the Jesus who is the way to heaven and the gate at the end. Uh, if we want to rise to a new life after death, then only Jesus can give us this gift of, of new life. Uh, if we want care and protection along the way, then Jesus says he's the good shepherd. If we want to know the presence of God in our lives, then we need to, to abide in Jesus, who's the true vine. And, and it, man, it's good stuff. So I'm excited about that. Our I am statement is, you can guess, right? Uh, I am the what? The, the bread of life. And that's why I brought that up earlier. But we're going to see it as not a physical bread that Jesus is talking about. It's a spiritual bread. But the audience at the time, uh, they had a hard time wrapping their minds around this. And, and we'll see why here in a second. But here's the main verse for the day. And I, I hope it really it just resonates in, in your minds all week. That you're kind of thinking about this and what this means. John 6.35 Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Okay, let that, that just resonate. And, and so the fact that Jesus started these phrases with I am, it, it wasn't an accident. In fact, if you go back to the Old Testament, God said similar type things. Um, in Exodus 3.14, he, he, he said, I am who I am. 
And here in these I am statements, that Jesus is saying that same thing. I am who I am. He's identifying himself with God. He's making that clear. And we lose some of it in the translation into English. It kind of doesn't make as much sense as it would have to them. But that's what he's saying. And so I talked about how much I miss bread. And that is true. But the reality is that we don't rely on bread in, in our, our Western affluent society like they did then. Because we have a very rich diet, and, and uh, you know, Gerard talked about Haiti, how food is an issue. That, for most people here, it is not, uh, not an issue. Um, it isn't crucial to our diet. In contrast, in the Mediterranean world uh, of Jesus' day, uh, bread was the, the basic part, kind of the most important part of their, their diet. And if you had bread and water or maybe a little wine to go with it, you had a meal uh, if you had a little fish or some red meat uh, to go al- along with it, maybe a slice of cheese and some dates, and you're living high. Um, that was big stuff. And it started with bread. Uh, the grains of the Middle East were mostly barley and wheat. They were used to make that bread. And so when Jesus said, I am the bread of life, okay, he, he, we need to understand, he was not saying I, I'm like a, a, a freshly baked loaf of bread that's a special treat that we only get sometimes okay he he's saying i am what you need to live okay i am what you need for life's journey and and i'm on, the only one who can truly nourish you along this journey for and for all eternity okay he he's saying i, I am the the food of life that you need and so it's a big statement. So we've got to kind of keep that in mind because, you know, like I said, bread's not as important or crucial for um, existence here. So let me just give you a, a little background to leading up to our, our passage today because I think it helps make everything make sense. But um, what, the day before our, our passage uh, was one of the most famous miracles in all of the Bible. It's told in all four Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and, and that's pretty rare where or something is in all four Gospels, so we know this must be a, a pretty big deal, and it's the miracle of turning five loaves of barley bread and, and two little fish into enough food to feed 5,000 men plus women and children, and, and so the, the disciples, you know, they prayed over this food that they came up with, and they start passing it out, and they keep passing it out and passing it out, and, and they just kept going. It never ran out. And they get done, and everybody's full, and they, they had enough to collect a bunch of baskets. I mean, it's incredible, crazy stuff. So that's kind of the miracle that leads into what we're talking about. That night after Jesus was done teaching, he sent his disciples on ahead across the Sea of Galilee in a boat, and he went off by himself for a while, and uh, a couple more miracles happened uh, that night. Uh, the, the disciples are rowing, rowing, rowing. A big storm comes up. And um, Jesus, in the meantime, just decides, okay, I'll, I'll catch up with the disciples. He just starts walking across the lake. Uh, remember that? He's walking on water, and he gets close to the disciples. He catches up with them because they can't go anywhere because of the storm. And they're scared to death when, when they see Jesus. And he says, no, that, it's me. It's Jesus. And so he, he gets onto the boat. And uh, in Matthew, it tells us that the storm, uh, it calms down right away, and they get across to the other side. Okay, amazing stuff. 
The next day, the people are looking for Jesus, and they knew that he didn't get in the boat with his disciples, and uh, they can't find him. So there were some other boats that, that they were right there and say, let's get in these boats, let's go across, and eventually they, they find him. Okay, so, so that's what's going on leading up to our story. Let's pick up the story from there. It's in John chapter 6, 25 through 40. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you're looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give you that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the man in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up from the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks up to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. Okay, so here we go. Good stuff. We're going to break this down as quickly as we can this morning. Uh, So what can we learn? What are some things we can learn from this? First of all, uh, it's kind of a strange thing maybe, but Jesus is not a genie. Okay, Uh, Jesus is not a gene. Let me explain. Um, Going back to our passage, here's what they said. They said, you're looking for me. This is Jesus talking. You're looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Okay, Jesus knows their hearts. He said, you know what? You got a free meal. You got a free meal and you thought, hey, let's stay with this guy. We'll, We'll never have to worry about food again. He can do like these magic tricks. It's so cool. Let's see what else he can do. And they wanted to find him and, and follow that. And, and it's like they thought, you know, Jesus was this real live genie lamp. You just rub him and get your wishes and, and get whatever you want. I think we do that sometimes too with Jesus. We think, you know, really it's kind of all about what, what can I get from Jesus? What can he do for me? And Jesus is saying, you know what, you guys are looking for me for all the wrong reasons. You know, have you ever thought you knew exactly uh, what you needed and maybe your life would be good? If I just had this, then everything would be great. And, and you look back later and you think, oh, maybe it wasn't such a great thing. I remember when I was a kid, uh, one Christmas, I really wanted electronic football. And, and some of you have no idea what, what this is, but this was cutting-edge stuff in the late 70s, really. Um, so if you don't know this... Uh, the players, you'd set them up on each side, and um, there's a little switch that vibrates the football field. 
and you would, your goal was to get your player to the other end zone without being touched by the, the, the opposing team. And so you get them all set up. And um, Did anybody else have one of these? Yeah. Good stuff, huh? Yeah, you guys are old. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the problem. So I got it for Christmas. I was so excited, and, and we set it up, and, and we get it all ready to go, and... Here's the deal. Here's what happened. It's frustrating. You'd start them going, and half the time, your player would turn around and go the other direction and score a touchdown for the other team. And it was like, what in the world? This is supposed to work. And sometimes it would work, and sometimes it wouldn't work. But it wasn't nearly as great as I thought it was going to be. I thought that if I had electronic football, I mean, life was going to be good. Now, later versions actually had a little kicker um, and and you put a little magnet thing on there and you could try to kick field goals and uh, my cousin had one of those um, so he was really cool but um, but it turns out my life wasn't complete because I had electronic football sometimes we we think you know if I just have this if I just had this job if I just had this thing then my life would be good Um, by the way when I was looking that picture up on eBay they were selling for two hundred seventy five dollars so I should have hung on to it, but that's another story. Um, so the crowds thought, if we just follow Jesus and, and we you know, kind of stay with him and he can do these miracles, then life's going to be good. And, and yes, Jesus could do these miraculous things, but Jesus is going to point out that, no, it's, it's more than the miracles. That's not what it's all about. Here's another thing we can learn. Everyday life, it's just details. Okay, we have to do everyday life. All of us do. And we have to go to work and we we have to have money to pay bills. And, you know, most of it seems like there's never enough. But but if we aren't careful, it's just you know, becomes a, a grind of taking care of the deal. To all, all I have to do, I just have to make sure I, I can do this. Or we get caught up in things that we think are really important. Uh, that next Friday night is the Carl Junction Web City football game, and, and we think, man, this is so important, and um, it'll only be important if Carl Junction wins, right? But no, uh, otherwise we don't even care about it, no. But we think things like that are, oh, this is so such a big deal, and, and Jesus is going to remind us that, no, don't work for the things that are temporary. Okay, verse 27 again says, Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. So they're still thinking. They're thinking about food, actual food. And you know what? I'm guessing that the food that Jesus multiplied in that miracle, I bet it was really good. Right? I, I don't think Jesus probably make junky food. Uh, you know, probably this bread was, you know, it was probably Olive Garden, you know, good stuff, breadsticks or, or you know, all, whatever. Really good, homemade bread. I, I, I don't know this. We're not giving that detail. I bet the fish was like the fish I ate in Canada every, mo- every day last month on our trip. It's probably that good. And uh, like I said, we, we don't know the details of that, but they wanted more of it, right? And, and so I bet it was pretty good. Um, but have you ever left bread in a sack for way too long? Okay, and, and it starts looking like a, a science experiment. You know, there's, there's mold that's like yellow and green and white and I don't know. It's just nasty, right? And you would never eat that. 
um, you know, Jesus is saying, yeah, it, you don't work for food that's like that, that spoils. You know, focus on the eternal things. Everything else pales in comparison. You see, what they needed to understand, what we need to understand, is that the bread from Jesus, this different kind of bread, it fills us forever. Okay, it's a different bread that doesn't get stale or moldy. Verse 33, uh, again, says, For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And then our verse again, 35, Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Later on in the passage, in verse 51, he says, I'm the living bread that came, uh, came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. Okay, Jesus is kind of saying the same thing over and over because the crowd wasn't really connecting with what he's talking about. They're still thinking about yesterday's miracle, and, and, and we understand what he's talking about. But if you've been a, a Christian for a long time, I think we start to kind of lose the significance of what this is saying. Uh, you know, we've heard that Jesus is the bread of life, and we've heard that for a long time. But this is an incredible statement by Jesus. Think about what you eat and when you eat. You, you know, you can, you can stuff yourself completely full right we've all done that where you eat so much and you're like oh my goodness i can never eat another bite in my life and, and you're so full and, and the next day what happens you're hungry again right and, and you have to eat and the next day you have to eat again and, and it just keeps happening but jesus had performed this miracle the day before and it was an incredible miracle but he said you know, this isn't going to last. They're, they're still going to get hungry the next day and the next day. And so he's offering this spiritual bread that would last forever. And here's the really cool thing about what Jesus was, is offering. Jesus will not reject anyone who comes to him. Okay, this is, this is a big, big deal. Don't miss this. L listen to the promise again here. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of those he has given me, but raise them up on the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them at the last day. Everyone. Okay, you, you talk about an inclusive club. This is the club that has been open to everyone for the last 2,000 years in people from all different cultures and all different backgrounds and all different education levels and all different economic levels all have said, I believe this, I want to accept this, and I want to be a part of this club. You know, most kids at some point, they, they create little clubs, right? Uh, and, and they have little rules, well, no, you can't be in my club. And, and you know, from a little age, young age, uh, we do this. And I, I don't know how kids learn that so young. But there's been a lot of tears shed over the, the years, right, on playgrounds or whatever. There's clubs, and you can't be in my club, we have my club. Um, but Jesus has a club that has room for everyone. There's not an automatic entrance Okay, in, in fact, the people around him assume there must be something that they needed to do uh, to be a part of this club. But they asked, you know, what work do we need to do to be able to get in this, you know, to have this bread and, and to have this drink? 
And here's the amazing thing. It's our, our next point. that Our job is to believe. To simply believe. We can't earn our way into this club. And here's what he said again. Verse 28. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? And Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he sent. You know, to be honest, again, the crowds were pretty confused. And, and it's easy for us to look back and say, well, of course, he, you know, he wasn't talking about a real food. And, and, and why are they so slow to understand? But Jesus is saying, you need to believe in me, okay? Not just the miracle worker, but as the Son of God and the Savior. And don't get me wrong, the, the miracles, they help support the claims. And, and the miracles help base the, the, the claims on tangible evidence. But in the big picture, it wasn't about the miracle. And they just didn't quite get it yet. But the truth is, I think... We're, we're just like them. We have questions for God that, that we don't fully understand. And we focus on the wrong things. And we got, ask God to answer a prayer. And he, he doesn't answer the prayer in the way we want. And, and we say, what? I don't get it, God. What, where are you? And I would say it's okay to have questions. Okay, God gets that. He knows our struggles. But then later in the passage... Jesus is going to take this up a few more notches and makes it really hard and things get a little weird. And, and if somebody just opened the Bible for the first time, they just randomly opened up to this passage, they would think, what in the world is this thing in, in these verses I'm going to read? And, and so listen to, to this. Verse 53, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. What? What are you talking about? You're telling us that to follow you, we have to eat your flesh and drink your blood. That makes no sense at all, right? What if you just saw that for the first time and you heard them? And they thought, they're thinking, I thought you just said we have to believe. And Jesus is saying, yeah, you need to believe me no matter what. And many of them said, uh-uh, I'm out. That's too much. And Jesus doesn't explain it in big details. He doesn't say, guys, don't worry, it's symbolic. I'm not really asking you to be cannibals and, and vampires. And, and uh, he just doesn't say that. He doesn't say, you know, I'm trying to tell you about the, the Lord's Supper that I'm going to institute later. It's going to symbolically represent my my." body and and my blood that will be shed when i uh, die and when i go through the resurrection okay he doesn't explain all that we can look back and see that and in verse 60 it says on hearing it many of his disciples said this is a hard teaching who can accept it it was too much they believed in the miracle but they couldn't completely trust jesus listen guys here's the deal it's the same now as it was then you don't have to completely understand everything to follow Jesus. Okay, it's not a blind faith. I think we can logically come to the point of saying, okay, I see these things, I'm ready, but there is still a step of faith. Uh, we're never going to have everything figured out. There are some things that are our minds, our human minds, the way God made us, we just can't completely wrap it completely around. 
you know, you guys have all heard about Jesus. And many of you decided a long time that you're ready to say, okay, yes to Jesus, no matter where that takes me, no matter what, where God wants me to go, I'm going to do it. Some of you are pretty new in your faith, and this is all kind of a new growing thing, and that's so exciting. But we all have to decide, we all must decide what we're going to do with Jesus. Our last point, we all must decide what we're going to have to do with Jesus. Sadly, here's what some of them decided that day. Verse 66, for this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. They said, yeah, they had said, okay, we, we're following this guy. But when it got hard, it was just too much for them to handle. They weren't ready to be all in. And then Jesus turned to his closest handpicked disciples at that point. He's, he, he starts to saying, well, what about you guys? Are, are you going to turn away too? Are you done too? In verse 67, you do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. You know, Peter made a lot of mistakes during his three years with Jesus. But this wasn't one of them. In fact, he spoke with great wisdom. Incredible wisdom when he spoke these words to Jesus. He said, you have the eternal words, the words of eternal life. You know, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. And I'm guessing most of you have made a lot of mistakes too. But I know I got it right when I decided to be all in for Jesus. And if you've made that decision to be all in for Jesus, I know you got it right too. That is not a mistake. That is the best thing you could ever do. And if you've never given your life fully to Jesus and been baptized, I would say it's time to get that right. You, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all figured out. But you can say, God, I am ready to get this thing right because if you don't get this right, everything else doesn't matter. This is big stuff. And I don't usually give a, a traditional invitation at the end of my sermons, but today I feel it leads into the question, are you ready to give it all over to Jesus? And like I said, I guarantee it will be the best decision of your life. He is the bread of life. And if you eat the bread that Jesus has to offer you, you will never hunger or thirst again. And so as we sing this song here in a minute, if, if you have a decision to make, please come forward as we sing that. If you need to meet with me this week and talk about this and where you're at, man, let's get this right. Let's get this right. Let's pray.